Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. It's Jasmine Jeffrey as always, and I am very, very honored to have Helen O'Reilly, who is part of the BPA Federation. Now, if you haven't seen it already, it is a brand new federation, which I've just found out actually only formed in November, but the experience that, or the team that they have and the experience that they have, the knowledge that they have, I, I'm really excited to find out more about both Helen, but also this federation, because I feel like it's going to be one that's going to really come out in full force very, very fast. And if you haven't known what it's about, we're literally going to go over everything. So how it's come about, what the federation's about, criteria, posing, categories, prizes, the whole shabam. So I'm super, super honoured because I'm not going to lie, Helen, I've known of you for a very long time. So welcome, lovely, to the podcast. Thank you very much. It's really nice to be here. As I said, I really appreciate having a platform to be able to talk about what we're doing, just to, to get it out there so people do find out about us and hopefully they'll want to come and be part of it. That's the whole idea. So before we go into the Federation, I want to find out about you a bit more. So how many years have you technically been in this industry for? Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, as you can tell from my wrinkles, a very long time. So um, I would say nearly 35 years now. So, I, yeah. <laughs> how old are you? You're younger than that. <laughs> I can't wait before you were born, young lady. <laughs> I was like, yeah, eight, nine years. Like, but, oh, you yeah, a long been... time, a long time. God, you must have, that's crazy and that's so cool because you would have been able to see so much of this, industry. like you've seen it all. You've seen it completely evolve into what it was and what it, like what it yeah, is now. Absolutely. And from sort of blinkers to like being able to see everything. So when I first started, I'm from the Northeast. Mm. So um, in the gyms that we train in the Northeast, there was only one organization's name that was known, and it was NABA. Mm. And you had to qualify for the British in the area that you lived. So if you lived in the Northeast, you had to go to the Northeast Championships. Wow. So you were really restricted. Mm. Uh, so if you had fantastic competitors in the northeast you really had to knock on the door to try and get your invite yeah but um so I did the northeast um and the guys running it are guys that I used to compete alongside people like Eddie Elwood who were you know really famous in the bodybuilding industry um so I started off there um and won won the northeast because you had to win and I, I did the what was called a secondary britain then a novice britain mm -hmm. and i won that and got on to the british championships so with naba is where i started everything with and they had opportunities to go to international shows so i was lucky enough to win the european championships and the universe as well and the universe was actually held in london so it was nice to be able to win something so massive in in your own country as well. But it was nice to travel as well. What category was how it all started? Quite sort of closed off in the northeast to then branching out over the world. Mm. So what category would did you compete in? So it's again that's all changed. So yeah. what what it would be classed as was figure then. Mm. But that would still be less tight than what bikini is now okay. because we've come so far. And I was having this conversation with somebody who's going to be um, a beginner 
And I was saying, what I used to say was, when you start off as a bikini girl, if you like the training and you, you do progressive overloading, you start lifting heavier and heavier, and you stick to your good nutrition, you, your body does get tighter and more conditioned just by the by. So you end up having maybe three or four years shelf life in bikini before you may have to go to a different category. So back then, obviously, everybody thought we well, were fantastic at the time. But when you look back at pictures now, you think, oh, gosh, I was a bit smooth compared to the way it is now. Yeah. But we were still doing our best, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, it was classed as figure, but I would say it would be closer to what bikini is nowadays. If you were going to compete now, what Catherine Never. would you want to compete with? <laughs> <laughs> if you had to choose I a do not want to diet ever again. <laughs> what the diet? You know what? This is why I judge, because I admire because I've been there and I've seen it and I've done it. I admire everybody that goes through the process. But if I was doing it, it would be somewhere between the bikini and figure, body fitness, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, there's still the feminine, still being feeling uh, like you're training, but you're not being pointed out when you're out in clothes with big shoulders and big arms. Some people like that, but I prefer yeah. just in, in clothes, you look normal, let, let's say. It's interesting uh, you mentioned that. I was going to ask you, like, I remember, you know, this was like maybe close to 10 years ago. And even then, I still remember the kind of the time, the times and the cult, what, where culture was in the sense of, you know, mu muscle it is biologically, it hasn't got a gender, but it was a very, it's seen as a very gendered thing. It was, you know, you get a lot of those like bad references. I remember back in my day, it was like, oh, you, you want to do what Jodie Marsh does. You want to look like Jodie Marsh. I'm like, oh, no. Like, so how is it for you, you know, having 35 years and obviously can imagine going away from back way before 10 years ago like you must have experienced that difficulty being a woman who wants to train wants to compete um did you have any experiences of that and do you think it's kind of like what has kind of changed over the years for you with that you know I think the people that you mix with you tend to mix with like-minded people so amongst your circle in the gym or whatever it's just a given you just you're just doing what you do. Yeah. But outside of that, you get the smokes like, oh, you're going pumping iron again. And, you know, just just silly little comments mm. because they don't understand because that's not their lifestyle. And I think that's the important thing to think about it is it's not just a quick fix diet for 8, 12, 16 weeks. It is your lifestyle. Mm. You find that once you start training and dieting for a show, your mindset completely changes. And you do see it as a lifestyle. Mm. So, as I say, you, you tend to mix with people that think the same. Yeah. So so it's it's a lot easier. And, you know, I, I was really lucky. I was in the right place at the right time and had the right look. And I got on a vehicle called Gladiators. Yeah. And, I mean, if that didn't change the way people thought about women and having muscle and training and being fit and healthy, nothing would. I mean, we had... I think 90% of the UK audience was watching Gladiators on a Saturday night. I remember that. And it did change the way people thought because they saw us as fit and healthy. But yes, we were strong as well. Mm. But 
also very feminine. So the new that we could marry the two up and there's no reason why you can't. It's no different to, you know, today people saying, oh, I'm I'm a woman and I'm running a business. You know, 30 years ago, that, that was the minority. But now, I mean, just sitting talking to you, you run your business, I run my businesses. It changes with time, doesn't it? Mm. So everything evolves. And I think on the whole, everything's got better because there's more knowledge behind everything as well. Mm. And people are more open to change. You know, there was this one category and there was this one idea of what you should be like as a female. Mm. But now you can be whatever you want to be, really. That's so true. And we should give ourselves a big up for that. And it's International Women's Day, like you reminded me. So. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. We don't think about it, do we? But yeah, in the gym, people were coming in and saying, happy International Women's Day. And it's like so nice, isn't it? I love that. What was, so when, you're, when you were doing your days as a gladiator and your days as a competitor, how did your diet and your training change in between the two? Or did they change that much? Yeah, I mean... Ch- to train for a show, you're training specifically to look and improve certain areas of your body. Um, I mean, I got the job as a gladiator coming straight out of winning the universe, so I was in good shape anyway. Um, but you're taking some hard knocks and you're training like six hours a day to do specific events for gladiators. So we could eat more uh, because we needed the energy. Whereas it, in bodybuilding, we seem to be sort of restricting what we're eating so that we can show the muscles off. We can get tighter and tighter. With that, they didn't want us to be tight because it looked looked too harsh on TV. Yeah, so they wanted the guys to be big and muscular, but the girls, they still wanted that feminine edge. So it was a lot easier on the diet and... Again, we were lucky because we had a canteen that catered for everything we oh wanted. It's like, <laughs> and then back at the hotel, we stayed there for six, eight weeks at the Hyatt in Birmingham, and we were catered for. And mm. the chefs just knew what to send up to the room and what to have on the dinner table. So, yeah, very spoiled. But but you know now with with nutrition for prepping for shows, you've got comp prep uh, food companies. Mm. So. It, everything's evolved everything's made easier and more accessible isn't it yeah yeah we're really lucky that we were looked after very well so talk to me about then within your gladiator days were you judging at that time where was your kind of kind of position in the bodybuilding world oh right for that period of time I didn't other than having the gym I didn't I wasn't really involved in bodybuilding um so so all of us that were involved in gladiators came from a bodybuilding background. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those few years, I literally just did gladiators, personal appearances, traveling here, there and everywhere all the time, um, different TV shows and what have you. So other work took a back seat, so to speak, but I still had the gym. So it was only after gladiators finished that... Although we were still doing personal appearances, um, I was looking for something a bit more. So mm-hmm. someone just said, oh, there's a show here. Would you like to try and be a test judge? They're going to bring bikini in and they want all women to be on the judging panel. And we think you've got the right credentials to sit on a judging panel. 
So I thought, oh, well, this is a great opportunity. And, and I always say this to people. If somebody gives you an opportunity, always say yes and then I learn know. how to do it afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I so more. as long as you've got an eye and you appreciate, you know, shape, balance and proportion, as long as you've got that and you're looking at a, a group of girls, of course you can appreciate every single one of them has done the diet, the training and the prep to get on the stage. But there can only be one winner. And sometimes you can see it from the moment they walk on stage. And sometimes you have to move them about a bit because it's really, really close. Mm. Um, and again, it's another one of these things that it's subjective. So although you've got rules and criteria, my decision on a, a placing might be slightly different to a, a male's decision. They might have just a little different take on it. But on the whole, the result is the same throughout. So you might have a slightly different opinion, but on the whole, with a judging panel where the top mark and the bottom mark gets taken off, the average score gets the winning person. And even if you don't get the winner, as long as you've got the top three, in, yeah, you, you can accept it. Mm. But I used to, when I first started, I used to think my opinion was the only opinion because I put so much effort into it and I concentrated so much and this one should win. And I was worried in case nobody else picked the same person because yeah. they didn't know enough. But then you can relax into it you can realize that yes you can rely on other people having the same judgment as yourself yeah and if they don't they get spoken to maybe not judge that particular category anymore have a little bit more training on what they should be looking for mm. but it's really for us I know we're going to talk about the BPA for us as ex-competitors promoters and people that love the sport it's really important that we get the right people on the panel and the right people that are winners yeah i remember when um i got asked to judge for fitx and i remember thinking me i looked at daryl i was like are you okay i was like on what i was so like gobsmacked from it i thought no nah, i can't do that he goes jazz just try it once just give it a go if you don't like it and if you crap you don't have to come back i was like okay yep yeah, that's fine and i just I sat down when you, sat on, when you were sat on that judging panel did you feel the pressure did you when you sat in the audience i know this because what one of the judges um nick swan uh said to me when he first sat down he was soaking with sweat because he was just coming out of winning the world championships and he was sat there and he was judging for the first time and he says the pressure because I'm concentrating so much because I want to get it right. And that made me feel so much better that somebody thought the same as me, that they wanted to get it right. And did you feel the same sort of pressure sat there? Yeah. I yeah, I, I just remember feeling really sick and I was just I remember I can't I what was really shocking for me was how even though I hadn't done anything physical, the exhaustion I felt yeah. that like the evening of and the day after, I was like, whoa, it just you you can't ex you can't explain how much mental absolutely how, you can't switch off like you're literally yeah. having to focus straight on, obviously if you have a break or whatever but like that was what really threw me was like the full-on that like, how exhausted you feel the day after and because I remember you, sitting there it was because, even brilliant. You, because you've competed yourself you understand as a judge the importance of getting the decision right because and, as I yeah. say you know that 
each and every one of them has trained and dieted as hard as each other but one of them has to win and you want to make sure you get the decision right so the pressure on the judges is as high as the pressure as the people on stage to get to get the decision right so yeah, yeah it's it's not like you sit down there and you think oh, I'll mark this I'll mark that you, you're concentrating all day on you yeah I found as well um <laughs> I remember being really nervous about the male classes judging. Right. And then when I sat there, I had the Eva GB about bikini. I was like, why am I having the Eva GB about the, the class that I do? <laughs> I was like, I, I remember yeah. that I was like, I can't. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And they, it was funny. <laughs> there was a girl that I knew who was actually um out doing that class doing bikini. And she's like, Yeah, I wonder why like they kept throwing us back. I was like, it was me. I was like, I was having a hot mess. I was having a meltdown. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I can't do this, but then the men's, men's classes, I was like, yeah, I've got to do it. It's just funny how like you you go into it thinking, oh, I think I'm going to struggle with that X class, and actually yeah. it like completely yeah. flips over. Like I actually love judging the guy. I love judging the women, but like I actually, it surprised you me feel how much like, pressure judging the men. Yeah. yeah, no, I remember sitting because obviously we have test judges all the time. And I remember, I'm sure he won't mind me mentioning his name, Eddie Abu, and he was sat next to me as a test judge. And he watched the first and he did the second one and he went, I don't know how you can do this. I'm absolutely knackered after 30 says, I'm going to have to go. And he's not a judge because, you know, it's not for everybody. And I think people think we get paid, you know, we do it as a volunteer because we love it. So to to give up your Sunday and to be under that pressure, you've got you've got to actually love the sport that you're in, don't you? So, yeah, we we, we all absolutely love it. We live, sleep and breathe it. 100%. So talk to you about judging then. Let's go straight into judging. So how does it work um, with BPA? What have you found has worked very successfully in the past? Um, and also the big thing I think people kind of want to know is like, you know, how do they go about asking for feedback? I know different federations work very differently with this. Um, so yeah, talk to us about like BPA judging um, and also like feedback as well. Yeah, so with with regards to the judging, obviously you've got a group of people that, as I said, have competed before. They've been judging for quite a long time, um, so we we've got that down pat. We know we know what we're looking for. What we decided to do was to ask a lot of questions to competitors to find out what they wanted and what they want is a little bit more freedom on stage. They don't want to necessarily have to wear this particular size, you know, one inch on the side of your your um, briefs or this particular bikini or this particular heel or platform. They want to be able to not have necessarily have a hand on the hip, be able to have the hands down. So we've listened to all of that. and We've said, look, this first season, let's bring you in. Let's see how it goes. We don't want to correct you on stage by, you know, saying you've got to do this with your hands or you've got to put your feet in this particular place. As long as we can judge like for like on stage, that's the important thing. So we've listened to a lot of feedback and obviously going back a lot of years, we've listened to feedback, which we weren't able to change, but now we can. <laughs> um, and again, for... Um, people that are on stage that want feedback afterwards I just honestly don't believe you should be a judge if you're not willing to give feedback because it's your opinion at the end of the day and what I've always said to competitors look I'll give you what I think but please ask for more opinions because there's more than one person on the judging panel and rightly so 
Um, so, you know, I remember there was um, a competition, I think it was last year or the year before, and there was only two people in the wellness and both were fantastic, but one fitted the criteria. The other one was a little bit too hard and too muscular, but an absolutely awesome physique. So for a judge to have to place somebody second who's got such a fantastic physique but don't fit the criteria, you have to then be willing to speak to the girl to say, look, this is why. And she sent me a message, and I, I don't give a little critique. I, I'll go through everything. And I didn't realise she would do this, but she screenshotted it and put it on her story. And she said, thank you for such honest feedback. And I think that's all you can do as a judge be completely open and honest. Because if you stand there and you say, oh, I had you first, and you say that to every single person because, you you know, you haven't got the, let's say, bollocks to yeah, tell them. Bollocks. Um, <laughs> you know, you're on sticky ground. Get away from the judging table if you're not willing to put your, your opinion out there. So this girl really was very, very happy with the feedback and she understood. And if you give an honest feedback, and they take it away and they go away and improve something and they come back and they win the next time. You can't ask for better than that. But again, it's not saying my opinion is, you know, the be all and end all. But if I'm sat on a judging table, I have to have an opinion. Otherwise, why am I there? Yeah. Makes sense. Now, what I do say about feedback, and I've said this, whether you're a winner or a loser um, on the day, yeah, your emotions are really heightened. And if you ask for feedback and you don't hear what you want to hear because your family's telling you something else, don't ask that day. Maybe wait a couple of days. Have a look at your photographs. Have a look at who's won, who's second, who's third. And try and get it into your own mind. Or if you've got a coach, ask your coach for honesty. Because that way, when you do get the feedback, you probably are a bit more receptive. Having said that, I have given feedback straight after a show if somebody's really been insistent. Um, but I think it's best just to take that day or two to either enjoy your win without somebody saying, oh, you could have improved this, you yeah. could have improved that, or take the the defeat and just, you know, go away and regroup and then with a more positive mindset, think, right, what have I got to do to improve? Definitely. So would it be a case that they would get yeah, other judges might have a different opinion. They might think, right, I want to tell you there and then because it's fresh in my mind, but I'll take yeah. loads and loads and I, you know, I've got pretty good memory. I, I, and with a photograph, I can, I can say why the person's being placed here, here or here. Mm. So would you say that it's best for them to email BPA or Instagram? What sort of like method do you think you'll be doing? Um, well, at the moment, people are messaging us everywhere <laughs> so the message in the bpa instagram page but we've got a judges and promoters group um on telegram so that will go into the group so we can all have our answers there um and obviously we've got the email as well um you can contact the judges direct we're all very very open to it um, I like all my messages in one place because I run four different Instagram and Facebook. Actually, more than four. I run a few <laughs> Facebook and Instagram accounts. So I always say to someone, could you send me an email? Because then I've got a thread and I've got everything together. Whereas if I go through my messages, they can get lost, especially if people are tagging. 
<laughs> yeah. Tags and then you've got tags, and then you've got. I hate that. I hate that. What they do that now? I'm like, I don't need to know tags on my DM. Go away. you know I don't mind it because people are enthusiastic and they want people to know what they're doing um sometimes it gets a bit too much if it's like your breakfast I'm doing this and I'm having my lunch and I'm tagging you for this but if it's the odd tag it's fantastic then you can repost it or whatever because it is inspiration usually for other people as well isn't it But yeah, the messages get lost in the private message area. So email for me would be better. I do like that. I feel you. So talk to me about what the categories are available at the BPA for females. Right. So we've got bikini. And what we've done is we've got junior bikini, open class bikini, and we've got an over 35 and we've introduced an over 40. Um, because we, again, we asked a few people and... The consensus is people are wanting to compete later and later. They've got more free time. The kids are grown up, um, et cetera, et cetera. So a more even playing field for the over 40s. Uh, we've got wellness, uh, women's physique, and we've got what we call body fitness stroke figure. Mm hmm Um, what we've found with the figure athletes, again, because we're independent and we want to open it up to anybody that wants to come along and compete because we understand that if you're ready for a show on a Saturday and there's a show on a Sunday, you, you want to really hop on that next show, don't mm you? -hmm. You're yeah ready, your tan's on, you're dieted, you got all your kit with you. So to not be too restrictive, what we've said is we'll do um, open our hands, arms in the air, front and back, and showing abs as well for the, the body fitness, the figure girls. Um, and yeah we're, we're relaxing the posing somewhat as well so that they can have hands on or off the hip um, but we still want to have a front stance to see the shape of the girls uh, we want the hair away from the back to show the waist to shoulder taper as I say if you've trained in a gym and you've trained your back and your rear delts and your, your shoulders you want to be able to show it off from the rear um so we we keep the hair away from the back um yeah so they're the they're the women's categories as of now amazing maybe more added so one thing as well i've noticed on the website and i love that you mentioned it is no teapot stance with the hands honestly no teapots. um, i mean it's, it might just be me and you know what There's another female judge, Andrea, in the in the team, but the rest is all male. <laughs> and I've just I've just said I just don't understand why how does it enhance your physique? Yeah, it doesn't. I understand having the hands off so you you know, some people have difficulty if the hands on the hip opening their back out to show their lats because you want to see your shoulder caps and your waist. Oh. So having the hands away, but having the hand in the air, I just, Yeah. I honestly don't understand it. If I somebody, think what happens is yeah, people... but when I look at the girl as well, I just think she's lost her handbag. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also her back. I think what's happened occasionally is that I think some some coaches, some posing coaches haven't they've taught them how to get their laps out and Right. break through. And I think they've like put the foot the front part of the arm and actually like your front 
you know, if your forearm down makes no difference as to if you could do that or not. And I think that's kind of where people scoop and they kind of like, they the, the mental cue in their head is like, oh, I'll right. just I'll yeah. scoop my hand, which isn't good. Um, but I think that's where, because I've, I've, when I've looked at judges, I'm like, well, how are they doing that hand? And when I've gone backstage and gone, right, you need to stop with this, like, and I've tried to help <laughs> oh, them. Oh, you think the same? Oh, that's Yeah, good. yeah, so I think the same. And oh, I've tried right. to help them and their hands, like, I can tell this they're, they're tense in there. They're queuing from their hands, and I'm like, no, relax, relax. This they're trying to bring the 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 delt out then by, yeah, because oh, I know it is a, a difficult thing, but you've got, it's like anything. It's like any job or any hobby. You have to perfect it, don't you? So, it's one of these things. And I was talking about it yesterday to somebody. The lat spread is made to be more difficult than it actually is to perform mm. it's more about posture and breathing than it is about trying to spread your lats because as soon as you bring your shoulders forward you lose your back and you lose your shoulders so it, it is more about almost being in a supermodel stance you know with your ballerina stance or what so as long as you breathe and you have your posture right your back comes out automatically you don't have to try too hard but I think it's just one of those things that they try so hard and then it becomes a negative in their mind yeah so when you're posing people I say right just have a breather from that now because you're just going to get it wrong and wrong and wrong yeah. and wrong time after again because you're just repeating the same thing you have to come back to it fresh so once they've got the fact that it's posture and breathing, it's no problem to them after that. But yeah, I don't like that teapot stance. I had to put that in. That was one of mine. <laughs> For sure. Well, let's go through um, other parts of the criteria then. Because this is questions that like, you know, add me as a competitor, that this is what be going through my head. So let's talk about um, jewellery. What is your general stance with jewellery in relation to the overall look and judging and the federation and stuff like that? You know what? I say this about whether it's posing, whether it's the bikini colour or how many crystals it's got on it, the shoes, the thing that we're judging is shape, balance and proportion with a, you know, a proportionate amount of... um conditioning the rest is all extras it's not necessarily going to win you the show so as long as it enhances the way you look if you're covering your body in jewelry and it, and that's what your eyes drawn to as a judge you think it's too much mm -hmm. but at the end of the day we're judging your hair we're judging your face your makeup your tan and the accessories. So as long as it's done tastefully and in keeping with what, but if you're all spangled here and you're all spangled up here and you've got, it it just becomes too much. So sometimes less is more. Yeah, I agree. And I would always say, ask an expert. You know, when, when you see somebody on stage and you think, oh, they've tried too hard. They've just gone off the top. They've gone like with so much hair and yeah. the eyelashes are up here and it it takes away and, and nobody's going to say people are getting on stage looking completely, you know, like the girl next door. The makeup is heavy. You're on stage under lights. So we know you almost look like a drag queen when you're off stage, but on stage it's perfect. 
So it's not like getting ready for a, you know, a Saturday night out or whatever. You're getting ready for the stage. So ask the experts. It's not a night out. It's it's something that's going to be displayed under bright lights. Um, so, yeah, jewellery for me, if you want a bracelet on both hands, if you want rings on, if you want, you know, earrings in, but maybe not having dangly earrings and a big necklace, as long as it's shown off your physique and enhancing it, um, we're, we're happy with that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with this. Like when I talk about like styling with jewellery, I always say to people like, you want jewellery to kind of look like, like really like light touch points across the body. Yeah. You don't want anything that's going to like, if you talk about like symmetry, balance, proportion, you need to kind of like, especially in figure, like you want everything to be like, flowing and when something's too much it kind of it is very distracting from the physique and you're like oh that that doesn't really doesn't really work and I always say like I think it was like Coco Chanel like you always take off the last accessory that you put on yeah or you refine it you always take it off or you refine it um so yeah I totally agree with like the have a more sophisticated look but that still shines from the stage yeah um and as you say whether it's um a bangle or a bracelet or a necklace you don't want too much of it but you want just enough to pop and complement so what i've said um it's something i stumbled upon really randomly a few years ago but it's crazy how much is caught on now i think once i did judging as well it kind of like clocked in my head so I was like, right, you top line, how important is that? But how many times do you see someone wearing jewelry where their jewelry is hitting here? That's not going to help you. You're just going to be hiding everything. And then it makes your neck look really short, which then completely throws you off. So I always say to people, like, when I'm advising them, I'm like, look, you need to measure your earlobe to your shoulder. And then say, for example, it's like a 12 centimeter measurement. You need to go on whatever website you're going on, look at the length and at least you know, you're not hit you're not hitting 12 centimeters because you know that it's gonna start hitting you here and it's not gonna look it's not gonna look right. It's not gonna look right. No, nice. There's so much more to it than people would appreciate. And and as I say, I, I tell people, you know, your head is a proportion. Mm. Your neck is a proportion, you know, how high up your bikini rides is a proportion. It can alter your shape completely. Yeah. Especially from a distance from the judges, you know, close up, not so much. But when you're judging from a distance, you see all these proportions. And as you say, a two dangly earring is just going to. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I always say this, just take expert advice. You don't have to take one piece of advice. You can take it. But if you're asking an expert, (laughs) take the advice. (laughs) Some people ask advice and then they don't take it. Another matter. <laughs> Talk to us about um shoes then. That is do you know what? I think that is one where people I think sometimes they overthink it, but they're trying to kind of you know w- figure out what the best shoe. They know some federations they're like you can't wear X, you can't wear Y. Um yeah. so just so everyone can know and you put everything to rest. What's your situation? We, we have actually said you can wear any shoe you wish with a platform, what or without a platform. Um I think I told you before, I spoke to a young lady who decided when she saw the Rising Stars poster, the beginner's poster go up on Saturday on my page, that she decided she'd want to get on stage for the very first time. And she's got 16 weeks. And today she came to me and she says, what shoe shall I buy? And she had your page open, the compact page. 
And I said, look, you can wear any one of them and they all look fantastic, don't they? But I says, what you've got to think about is one, how tall you are, mm-hmm. two, how you walk in heels, have a practice. And three, do you want to elongate your legs? What What is it you want? Because the shoe performs a function. And she looked at me and I says, well, if you've got no platform, you're probably going to be high up on your toes. You're going to bring your core into play and you're going to elongate your leg. But that's no good if you can't walk in those heels. Yes. So you may need to get a platform because there's nothing worse than seeing somebody clump across the stage. Because, yeah, well, we wear flat shoes around the gym, don't we? We've got out the habit of wearing heels. So, again, they've got to buy. I've had this before as well, where the girls come in and practice in their practice heels in the studio. And I've said, perfect. Every, I didn't know that were their practice heels. Perfect. I'm going to go to the bathroom. We're going to come back. We're going to do it again. And I've come back and I want, what's, what's with your walk? You've changed it. She went. I've just done the same. I said, there's something different. You're walking weird. <laughs> oh, I've put me stage shoes on when you went to the loo. Oh, so no. I practice shoes and then she put her stage shoes on. And you understand that, but yeah. new daughters don't understand that. They they don't realise that the shoes, that the mould to your feet, yeah. and you get used with a certain one and it could be the difference between a four-inch heel and a five-inch heel can make all the difference in how you walk. So you've got to get something exactly the same that you're practicing in and wear it the same amount of times that you're getting on stage because the judges don't know that they're brand new shoes. They just know that you're walking not very well. (laughs) That's the thing, when you look at criteria, this is something that um, is interesting for me because as a judge, I'm... I'd have to switch off to the jewelry and shoes to some to some degree. Right, because, yeah, because you which, feel like you're you're looking at that specifically more critically. Yeah, because I I know that if I like if that's kind of I don't know I, for me it's focusing on the physique everything like that and I always say to girls like shoes are not marked. The only time where I'm like uh is when like I can't I can tell they're not walking well. I'm like why are you yeah. not walking well? And then I look at the shoes properly and go ah okay like. That all makes sense now. Uh, so it's yeah. trying to get that balance between, like, you know, people aren't going to judge you differently because you're wearing, like, a Glory 508 to a Majesty 508. Like, it's that's not what it's about. It's about, as you say, like, performance, function, what's going to make you feel good. Because if you haven't got the right shoes, that then affects your stage posing, your stage presence, your posing, your presentation, and that's marked. The shoes you're wearing are not the things that are marked. That That's exactly it. And I think trying to get that point across is really important because they think I'm just going to go with the shoes that I like the look of. That's the shiniest and got the most sparkles. Yeah, put them on and they've never tried them and to walk in them and they've got them for show show day because they're brand new and fresh. Yeah, and it's a disaster. And again, some people, as I say, most people wear flat shoes now because they're in the gym training. So to get used with the shoes, I'll say to them, why don't you wear them when you're making the breakfast in the morning, walking around your kitchen and getting used with it? You know, great. (laughs) But but you have to because it's so different from wearing flat shoes to wearing a heel. Mm -hmm. And you've got them on for quite a long time of the day and you're under lights, you're under pressure, you're already nervous and you don't want to be teetering around on a pair of shoes you've never tried before. So, so true. So talk to me about bikinis then. Um, What is like the general stance? Like what type of bikini can you wear with BPA? Um, go into more detail with that. Again, with the bikinis, um, 
had a conversation with quite a few people in bikini makers as well because girls are wanting to jump from one organization to maybe another independent show or whatever and if you're so strict with them they're thinking that they've got to buy so many different bikinis or they'll just not bother competing which is a shame so especially this first year for us we've said anything goes really as long as it's not a g-string or anything you know obscene but again just because we say anything goes you still want to get something that suits your physique and if you maybe have slightly shorter legs and a longer torso you want um bikini bottoms that are higher up to elongate your legs if your boobs are maybe not in proportion you want a bikini top that disguises that somewhere whether they're too small for your physique or too big for your physique it's amazing how much a bikini can actually alter your physique or the proportions of your physique Mm. and again the color people go oh i'm going to wear a red one and they've never worn a red t-shirt or coat or it's not something that they would a color that normally wear so I say look at your coloring and what suits you because just because loads of people wear blue and loads of people wear red it just they're winning because there's 10 red bikinis on stage it's they're winning because of the best physique not because yeah. they've got a bikini on so your coloring um your toning and the shape of your bikini can make or break your physique, really. I've I've seen it happen. Mm. I've seen a girl in a posing room and I've seen her physique and I've thought, well, she's really good, but that bikini's just making it all wrong. And she's borrowed a bikini at the last minute from someone else that made her physique just look phenomenal and she won the show. Unbelievable difference. Mm. So it, it, you know, I say again, I say, Please be careful with how much money you're spending. Make sure that the fit is best for you. And again, you don't have to buy a new bikini every single time you go on stage because it can run into quite a few quid. You know, if if that's what you're into and you've got the money and you can can support that, but don't feel that that's the be all and all. Your physique and how you you put your physique across on stage is much more important than, than everything else. Definitely. But of course, that's the icing on the cake. Definitely. Well, so what's happening with uh, tanning with you guys? Like, is there a certain company you're going to be using? Is there a certain brand? Yeah, well, we, we've got a lady um, called Cheryl, uh, Pro Glow Tanning. Um, we've used her for our shows for a long time. So we're going to use Cheryl again. She's very kindly come on board. And again, with theatres they're really really particular if you've got tan anywhere in the theatre one you get a fine two they want you to reupholster three they'll want you to change the curtains thousands and she covers everywhere with cling film and you can't go to the toilet without the cling film somewhere and then afterwards she'll go around with bleach and clean everything so she does an amazing job so it's not just she sends you all of the details about, you know, how to prep your skin and all the exfoliation stuff and the moisturizer and looking after you on the day. It's what she does before and after the show as well. So, you know, if you've got somebody good, you you want to continue using them. Definitely. So last thing I think is on my list is prizes and sponsorships or sponsors that you've got involved. Like, yeah, well, 
obviously it's early days as I said this this came together in November December time we had our meeting in the beginning of December to decide everything and discuss and um, so we've got one sponsor on board which is called Body Tone Warehouse they've come on board quite heavily for us um, and I'm still speaking to other people at the moment um, because I, I promote the English Grand Prix I have a lot of support from the past few years that I've done I've done this will be the ninth year so until I've got them signed up <laughs> and committed I don't and it's it's too early to really bother them at the moment because you, my you started this in December yes you I can't believe how fast you guys have worked and how much you've like done already because you know what we've got the infrastructure we've got the ideas and we've got the I suppose not being big headed we've got the skills behind it we've all run independent yeah. like shows as independent people if you like as promoters mm. so we know what we want and we know especially from the English Grand Prix I've been very very lucky with all of the support I've had with sponsors and I've had an indication that all coming on again and um we've got the rising stars and all stars masters because we wanted to give a vehicle for beginners to have somewhere to come and i obviously want to give them the same sort of prizes and with the masters as i said you we've introduced an over 40s for the bikini we just want to appreciate the fact that masters are still up there and you know looking fantastic mm. so we've given them a vehicle as well so it's called the um, masters all-stars so we want to give really good prizes there so we've had some big names come to offer some help so i've just got to sign them on the dotted line but if anybody knows me about social media they know they get plugged left right and center so <laughs> For me, sponsors want to thank you and sponsors want to feel that they've had the exposure of their brand. So them helping the competitors by sponsoring, whether it be trophies, whether it be prizes. Um, for me, I really, really, really appreciate it because I know how much it takes for a competitor to get ready, cost them a lot of money. And just to show some appreciation, whether it's a T-shirt or a champion's jacket or a tiara or a bunch of flowers, I like to go all in with it. So as much help as I possibly can get, I go out there and try and get it. And I have been very, very fortunate and as I say, there's some big names come out and said they would like to support us, which is fantastic. Amazing. So what are the events that you I'll have? I'll you up as well for some sponsorship. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, it's funny, you hear some people that are like, oh, are you only involved in one federation? I'm like, no, like, I don't get that weird, like, politics side of the yeah. industry. Like, I just generally just love being involved. The way you've got to look at it is a competitor is a competitor and you were one once and what did you feel like? Yes, I was restricted because yeah. in those days, there was, in those days, in the olden days, yeah. um, there was only the one place I could go to compete. But now, my gosh, there is just so much choice, isn't there? So for me, the competitor's experience is the be and all and end all of what we're doing it for. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. And it's the same with the guys. You know, I've got world champion, Arnold champion, uh, British champion, Irish champion, universe champion. So so together we've been there and, you know, we've got the T-shirt, but we didn't get prizes then. So we want to make sure that we give prizes now. 
definitely so the list of events that i've got down here oh, my eyesight is definitely going funky so i'm glad to really stare at my screen but yeah. we have the scottish grand prix on the 30th of april we have yeah. the northern ireland grand prix which is the 21st of may We've got right. Kaiser and Stars, as you've already mentioned, which is on the... We've got the Monsters All-Stars with it. We've added that because we wanted to include the Monsters, yeah. Amazing. So that's on the 25th of June. I've yep. also got on your website Midlands Championship, the 16th yep. of July. We've Correct. got the English Grand Prix, which I'm assuming is your show. That's it. Third of September, Beck Theatre. There you go, 3rd of September. Also the Rhinos Classic on the 15th of October. The right. British Championships on the 29th of October. Yeah. And then, last but not least, the Sugar Classic on the 12th of November. So I'm going to leave the BPA website um, on the episode notes. I'm going to be leaving Helen's details as well. So have a rummage around, ask questions. Hopefully this episode has given you a really good insight. And I'm so glad I got you on, Helen, to kind of understand more about like you, yourself, because like... From your experiences, you what you're doing with BPA makes a lot of sense. Now yeah. I kind of know more about you now. Which yeah. Is cool. yeah. One so. last thing, um, I'm going to be doing hopefully a few, but um, posing seminars and a judges seminar because we want other people involved. We understand that you know we're not getting any younger, and the one thing we can offer is knowledge, and we would like to pass that on to a younger crowd because. You need that in bodybuilding. You know, there's new ideas coming out and we're very open to it. So um, hopefully in Birmingham in April, we'll be doing the first judges and posing mm -hmm. seminar. So anybody that wants to get involved, it will be a free seminar. So, yeah, get get involved if you like what you've heard today, really. Oh, honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, Helen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You're Thank welcome. you. And we'll see you guys in the next episode as well. But yeah, definitely have a look. Tag us if you've found this episode interesting. 